spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with the International Women's Motorsports Association, and this is Racing Girls Rock Podcast. We are sponsored by a whole host of wonderful people, including Racing Junk. So if you're quarantined this week like we are, Heather and I, then uh, get on Racing Junk and check out what they've got going on and um, also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Lots of social media things going on right now to keep us all connected. So today my guest is Heather Hadley. Um, Heather is a resident of California, and so she's on quarantine, or and in Michigan they call it stay home, stay safe. Makes it sound a little better than quarantine. So Heather and I are just going to have a little conversation today about her and her racing. So welcome to the podcast, Heather. Hi, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Heather, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family, you know, what's your daily life? Do you go to school? Do you work? Uh, that kind of thing. And we'll get started so that we can get to know you a little better. All right. So, I just turned 18 in December. Um, I graduated, actually, in December also because I wanted to graduate early um, so that I could pursue my passion a little bit more. Um, but the virus kind of screwed things up for me in that area. <laughs> but um, I've been racing for nine, almost 10 years now. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm an only child and I have two dogs and two cats. <laughs> and yeah. Okay, and you live in California, you told me that. So what kind of racing, uh, you know, we're, 10 years ago, you were eight years old. So why don't you tell us the path that you've taken in racing? How did you get started and where are you now? So I began racing at an indoor karting facility um, located like 45 minutes away from my house called Driven Raceway. Um, I'm actually a like first generation race car driver in my family nobody else races so it was kind of a random spontaneous thing um so we've kind of been having to learn the ropes the entire time um but i think that that just makes it a lot more exciting um but yeah so i started racing indoor at nine for about six months and then uh, i'd won 104 out of 107 races and so me and my dad were like, all right, well, maybe we should consider going professional. Um, so we bought a go-kart and then I raced go-karts uh, in many different series and divisions and everything for about five years. And then raced, started racing legend cars. And I've been racing legend cars ever since. Okay, so 104 out of 107 
that's uh wow that's a pretty big statistic there so that's pretty exciting so somewhere in your blood you must have some race car drivers somewhere in your background so that's pretty cool so what what's your favorite thing about driving a race car um <laughs> that's hard to to pinpoint um I think, I mean, I love everything about racing. I, I've tried like so many different sports from like swimming and baseball and tennis and everything. Um, but racing, I always noticed was just super unique. And um, I think what makes it so unique is that the athlete is pretty much just alone with the race car. There's nothing like dividing it. And I think that that's why I love it so much is because nobody's like, yelling in my ear um and it's i'm basically just reacting off of my own instincts and i think that that's why i love it so much so yeah yeah and and you know um of course i love team sports my kids all play team sports you know basketball volleyball softball all baseball my son played baseball and stuff but there is a sense of accomplishment when you as the driver can take all the things that everybody's put together on your car and then i assume it's your dad pretty much that does that all the things that you and he have done on the car and have set it up but it comes down to you on the track to do the right thing to know how your car is running to not push it beyond its limits and yet still be able to win there's a big sense of accomplishment in that i would think Yeah, I agree. It's it's um it's almost borderline just a lot of pressure, <laughs> but at the same time it is like um it's the best part of racing and I think that that's why everyone loves it so much is just because it just comes down to talent and um a lot of times equipment and money will divide racers. Um and that's why I think I love watching cars so much is because uh they are cheaper and they are like more of an equalizer compared to a lot of other cars but um yeah i think that that's why we love it so much it's just because um we do this together as a team and yes you are racing for your team but at the end of the day it just comes down to whatever the driver can do in the car yeah so um do you have let's let's talk about the people that help you uh, i'm assuming your dad do you have anybody else that you would like to mention that helps with your team um well for a while i was just traveling around california with my mom my dad and my stepdad um and we did that for a couple years and we of course did that all through karting um and then as I I think two years into Legend Cars, I started running with Robert Gayton, and he was my coach for about a year, and so we were traveling all around. We went to 16 states in, in one year, and, um, and now I'm running with Austin Saunders uh, on the other side of the country, <laughs> so he has my cars currently stored in Texas. And so I'll be running there a lot this year, as well as uh, North Carolina. Okay, so you're going to be doing a lot of either travel or you're going to 
go to Texas and stay and then go to North Carolina and stay because that's a long way from California to be going back and forth. That's pretty exciting. So do you run in some kind of a series? Um, currently, no. I'm just kind of like gathering up points as much as I can and just racing wherever as much as I can. Um, I will be running the summer shootout uh, at North Carolina um, during the summer. And then before that, I was planning on running the battle at the end of the month um, in Texas, but that was canceled. Um, so that's pretty much all that I have as a series on my schedule. Everything else is just going to be random. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about legend cars. I know what they are. Um, I've seen them race a few times, but we don't really have legend cars that race in, in the Kalamazoo area. So why don't you tell us a little bit about a legend car and then, you know, what makes it different from, uh, you know, other kinds of racing? Yeah, so the legend car is the most difficult race car to drive in the world. It's based off of a 1934 Chevy or Ford um, sedan or coupe, and they have a Yamaha 1250 or 1200 engine, um, and they are super, they're not very aerodynamic, they're kind of like a box shape, people like to say they're like a mini, mini Cooper, <laughs> um, they're very small, and uh, they're fist to scale, and that's why exactly that they're so hard to drive, is because they have such a small wheelbase, and um, they're kind of like boxy, so it's it's not like it's, you know, super low to the ground or, or anything or very wide. Uh, so everything's very sensitive and you have to very, you have to learn how to drive um, based off of reaction and and know how to react to things very quickly and uh, things like that. OK. And and so that's that sounds a little bit. Um challenging I would say because like you said there's probably not any aerodynamic things you can change because there, you don't have a lot of space to work with uh, because they're not that big of a car but there's I assume there's a lot of adults which I know there are a lot of adults that race legend cars um, are there very many women that race against you No, hardly never. <laughs> um, it, it depends on what series I'm running or where I'm running. Um, but for a long time, when I was just running in California um, at like Sonoma Raceway or Thunder Hill, there was no other female um, that I was racing against. Um, and that and that goes with uh, oval as well. Whenever I was running in California at just local tracks um, like Madeira and Stockton and um, Roseville All-American Speedway, there was like no other female I was racing against. Um, in Vegas, I was still the only girl. I think there was one other um, for a while out of like 100 legend cars or something. And then the more I travel across the country, I've noticed a lot more females racing. Um, and that's just in any division, in any car. Uh, here, I guess it's just a lot lower numbers in general. So maybe that's why it's a lot, you know, it's a lot more rare for to see a female in it. Um, but yeah, it is very, very rare. So that's interesting to me because I would think that those 
size and kind of cars would be attractive to a woman because they're not quite so big and there's not like you said there's not as much to them as far as like money that you have to invest compared to other kinds of race cars so it kind of surprises me but i'm wondering if it's because it's a california thing or it's more just the legend the legend car series it's kind of reminds me of the sprint car series when i went to see the world of outlaws race there were no women racing and there honestly were not very many women even in the pits it was 95 percent men which is really unusual when i go to a typical race it's about half women as far as you know in the pits or whatever and you know a lot more women driving than what i see in the sprint car world so i i assumed legend cars had more women so you're you're kind of the um you know you're the the rose among all the thorns i would say because you kind of stand out as as the woman do you get a lot of attention because you're a girl racing with all men um it's hard to say because i've been a you know a female in a male dominated sport this whole time like i've just i've always been the minority and um I try, you know, personally to not look at it any differently. Um, but it is hard to say like whether I do attract more uh, like media attention or anything like that. I, it's, I would say yes. Um, because just because it is so, um, you know, rare and it's, it's pretty cool to see it, I think. And so a lot of people just like to talk about it or ask me about it. Um, but I think that that's about it. It doesn't really affect me like in sponsorship or anything like that. Okay. So do you have, like when you go to a race, do you have a chance to have um, like little girls come up and talk to you? Do you know, is that something that you get a lot is mostly little girls looking up to you? Um, I haven't seen it like, um, a lot, but when it does happen, it's, it's really, really just like, it's the best feeling. Um, <laughs> and like for girls to say like, I've been following you online or, or just like, you know, I look up to you or anything like that. I, it's super, super awesome. I really do try to make it a priority to get the younger audience to look up to people, you know, just minorities in, in racing or in any sport. Um, and just, you know, look at it as if like anyone can be doing that. Like, don't be afraid to go after what you are passionate about. And, um, so I think when I talk to girls about that, it's, it's really awesome. I'm just like, Hey, like, don't be fearless, <laughs> you know, like go after it. Uh, but yeah, it does happen occasionally, um, whether they'll just be like, oh my God, you're a girl, I want to talk to you, or whether they're like, yeah, I know who you are, I've been following you, and I look up to you, both of them are really, really awesome, uh, <laughs> so yeah. It, it is, and it's, and it's a kind of a, a little bit of a weight on your shoulders, because I think we forget sometimes the impact that we have through social media, especially, so when you say you, you have people say, oh, I've been following you, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that's through social media. It reminds us all, doesn't it, that there are a lot of people out there 
watching what we're doing. And it's easy to forget that that's the case because, you know, when you post things on, on Facebook or Instagram, it feels like it's just you and, you know, the one person or whatever. And then when you go back and look and, and you know, let's say I do an interview and then, you know, I have 2000 people that listen to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it makes it, um, it makes it seem a little more real as far as I've got to really be on the top of my game about what I'm doing because there are a lot of people watching. I love that, um, that you don't look at yourself any differently because you have been racing against men all your life. So that's the normal for you, which is kind of cool. Um, I love that it's just racing. It's not a woman in racing and you're a race car driver. You're not a woman race car driver. Do you know what I mean? You, you see yourself as just yeah. a race car driver. Definitely. Yeah. So what are your goals for your racing career? My goal is to eventually make it to NASCAR. Um, I hope to work through some of the ranks. Obviously, I can't go through them all. Um, I can probably barely make it to one uh, off of, you know, out-of-pocket money. But um, that would be the goal on track. Um, and then, obviously, I, I, again, like going back to the point about being a role model, I just want to um, be that that influence and be that role model for, for anyone who might be nervous or scared to do anything like this um, because it's so important if you have the talent, if you have the skill to not be set back by anything like that. So um, those are my two life goals, I would say. Yeah, those, those are good goals. And, you know, you you want to be realistic about your goal, but you also want to work hard and, and go as far as you can and do the best you can. So I, I love hearing that. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I often ask, you know, people that I interview, especially when they're younger, like you are, um, you know, what, what are some other passions that you have? So let's, let's say that, you know, for whatever reason, the NASCAR or that doesn't follow the path that you want it to. What are some other ways that or other things that you're passionate about that might keep you involved in motorsports, but in a different area? Do you like photography or what are some other things that you enjoy? One thing that I've always loved is journalism. I love writing. And so I think that um, that is an option for me if I want to um, be like a racing journalist. I've also always loved math. <laughs> um, like since I was like a little girl, I, I, I love math. I love doing math. And so um, that's what I'm going to be doing in college is just business analytics. And so um, whether it be keeping me, you know, involved in racing or just keeping me in the race car, I want to um, sort of always have that as a backup. Um, and I think getting an education and going to college is super, super important. So um, I'm definitely going to be doing that and pursuing that um, and trying to race as much as I can simultaneously. So um, besides that, 
I don't know. I mean, I love playing sports and stuff, but I don't know if it's anything I could do like for a, a career, you know? Right. So no, you know, so I love hearing that you're going to go to school and you love math. And so there's a lot, you know, there's so many opportunities in the motorsports arena, whether it, you know, I, everybody looks at the driver and that's mostly the people I talk to. That's their goal, which is awesome. We need young people like you to want to, you know, advance and go up through the ranks in the sport so that we have young drivers that are continuing to keep the sport alive and well. I also see that there's a lot of opportunity in a lot of other areas for um, people, women, everybody. You know, um, pit, re pit reporter would be a fun job. Um, you know, you love math. I, I loved accounting. So I, you know, I could be the numbers person for a race car team. I just see so many opportunities in motorsports that I think a lot of people forget about because honestly, don't we focus on the driver and then we forget about all the people it takes to get that driver to the track. Yeah, definitely. It's so team dependent and codependent on <laughs> everything. And um, there's just so many people doing different things. It's the driver is so <laughs> minimal compared to those things. Yeah, true. Sometimes, sometimes that's right. And and there's times I know, you know, in the in, as far as NASCAR goes, um, you know, not to say that those guys that are driving now didn't have to at some point know how to fix the car and do all that. But there are some of them who will admit that they have no clue when it comes to fixing the car or what this part does or doesn't do because they are the driver and they focus on what the driver needs to do. And so I love Clint Boyer. He got interviewed one time and um, they asked him some kind of technical question and he laughed and he said, heck, I don't know. All I have to know is where's the gas, where's the brake, turn left, and where's, you know, head for the checkered flag. And, and it, you know, everybody laughed and that, which, um, but that's kind of true. I think as, as you advance, you have more team members that are doing their jobs and you don't have to remember or fix all those things. So it's, it's kind of an interesting sport that we have so many people that are involved behind the scenes that a lot of people that sit in the stands don't have a clue about. They, you know, they don't know that it takes all of that to get you on the track to race. And, you know, um, I was just at Phoenix, Heather, not too long ago when the Phoenix NASCAR race was there. And there were some people that a friend of mine had a group of people that were able to do a tour of a couple things um, in the infield and i think everyone should go to the infield or you know at your local track wherever and see what it takes to put you on the track because it's more than just showing up an hour before race time and putting the car out there and racing there's a lot more to it isn't there yeah definitely yeah so when you go to the track, I'm guessing that you go, you know, several hours before the race starts because you have a lot of things to get ready and to set up. And, and again, I, I think people 
who love racing don't always understand the whole thing that you know is behind it so heather if someone came to you and said my my son or daughter is interested in driving a legend car what would you what would you say to them would you encourage them to get involved in racing yeah i would always encourage um the younger generation to get involved in racing if that's their actual passion and not their parents um <clears throat> but legend cars i would say are not normally the first car a kid would jump into um nowadays it seems like it is just because kids are trying to learn as much as they can as fast as they can um if it's your first car and you're not coming from go-karts or anything like you know quarter midgets or anything um probably should be driving a legend car because it's going to be really really difficult to learn how to shift and to drive and uh drive fast all at the same time so um i would say start in something a little bit easier and smaller or even like a Mazda Miata or something like that, um, or even just jumping on a simulator and learning a legend car off of that. Um, I've also seen that work very well in the past. Um, but, but yeah, I would always encourage someone to at least eventually get into a legend car or, you know, if, if you are up for a challenge, start in a legend car um, <clears throat> because they are so, so vital to driver development and, um, they're, they just teach you so much and it's pretty crazy. I'm still learning so much every single time I get into the car after almost five years of being in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's talk just for a minute because um, we are on hi hiatus from actual racing on track all across the country because of this virus that's spreading. So, um, there was just a, an iRacing race on TV on Sunday with a lot of the NASCAR guys. Do you ever get on to iRacing or anything like that? Is that something that you do when you're not racing or you haven't gotten into that? Well, my situation is a little bit blurry um, because my dad, who uh, who I actually have the, like, simulator quote-unquote stuff um at is he doesn't really have wi-fi and because like okay so during the um the economic crash in 2008 um we lost our house and so we had to move into the backyard me and my dad we sort of built this small like two building um house in the backyard and we rented out the house to somebody else and so we've kind of just been living off of like that um, ever since. And so um, that's kind of tricky because we don't have Wi-Fi and um, things like that. So I play Gran Turismo 6, um, but I beat the game three times. And so I'm kind of just bored of it at this point. Um, but I do plan on taking the stuff like the seat and the steering wheel and the pedals to my mom's house um, where we do have Wi-Fi and oh. playing it here instead. So um, once that happens, I will get iRacing and I will start playing it nonstop. <laughs> I, I would guess that after having that on TV that they've, they've gotten very busy this week because that was, pr that was pretty cool. And I know they're 
they're gonna they're doing another one i think on sunday and they're gonna race the texas track which is pretty cool so um you know at least it, there's an opportunity there for people that do have the wi-fi and the setups and and that to keep their skills honed in pretty well so that that's a pretty cool thing no other sport can do what racing can do in that in that respect so heather i don't have any other questions for you do you have anything else you'd like to share about yourself or your racing before we say goodbye um yeah sure i'll, I'll mention my sponsors okay um, oil depot out of oklahoma the lindsey vaughn foundation uh Shmi heating and air conditioning is my mom's business um <clears throat> that she works for uh ozcat radio out of vallejo machetes coffee out of vallejo um vallejo vinyl and pinball thank you guys um and yeah i think that's I think that's it that's pretty cool you've got some good sponsors there so um, it, it takes all of those people to help and uh, I'm sure your parents as well to help get you on the track every week. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. We want to give a, a big shout out to those sponsors. Thank you for, for helping Heather get to the racetrack and, you know, she gets to be involved in something that obviously not a lot of girls are doing, um, running a legend car. And so I, I applaud you for that, Heather that you just keep at it and um you're sounds like you're going to be as successful as as you were when you started so i'm excited to follow you i follow you as well just so you know and um i'm i'm happy that we could have you on the podcast today i really appreciate that young women want to be involved in racing and they set good role models for others and i know that's who you are heather so i wanted to thank you for that any last words? Thank you so much, Melinda. That was very awesome. Um, I think it's important to remember like the the influence that some of us have, um, because I remember when I was when I started um, looking up to people and just how much that they influenced me and how important they were to me and like everything that they would do, I would try to replicate and <laughs> copycat. <laughs> and you know it was it's pretty crazy how um much you can look up to somebody sometimes and just how much you want to um embody them almost and so i think that um it's so important to to remember to you know even the small things like be polite and you know be respectful towards others and just like you know, everyone is here for the same goal. And so I think that if we all recognize that and we all treat each other with respect, then the younger generation especially is going to look up to that and recognize that as something that they want to do one day. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's about it. Thank you so much, Melinda, for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Heather. And, and I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, the way we act on and off the track is very, very important. And I, I appreciate that I'm able to meet amazing young women like you are. So thank you again for being on the podcast and hopefully one day I'll see you at the track. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at iwmanation at gmail.com.